0: Our speaker uh, this morning is Jacob Atem. Uh, He is one of those that have come to be known as the Lost Boys of Sudan. He is uh, the president, CEO, and co-founder of the Southern Sudan Healthcare Organization. You're going to hear a little bit about that uh, this morning. And uh, has also done a TED Talk. He's been a TED Talk speaker before. If you don't know what that is, you can... uh, ask someone maybe who's under the age of 40, they might know the Ted Talk thing is kind of a whatever, okay. Um, uh, but uh, Jacob's been with us. He was with us yesterday, had a great time uh, with him. i enjoyed getting to know him a little bit. And, and you're working on a PhD, right? And yeah. it's at the University of Florida yeah. in Gainesville. Yeah. And after the service is done, brother, I wanna to talk to you about maybe me coming to visit sometime in January, February, somewhere in there. You can show me the sites. Uh, would you give a warm uh, welcome to jacob attempt
1: Thank you, thank you, thank you, um, thank you, Pastor Brian, and I thank God for the safe travels and thank for the mission committee to bring me here and the Senegard family. If you are wondering, they have been feeding me well. I think I gained a pound, if not more. Um, But I thank God for you guys today that uh, you made it to these services, and um, we ought to give thanks every minute, every second, because we are breathing today. And some part of the world, there are some people who are struggling, and there are some people who didn't wake up today. So that is one thing I just want to say that I've been having fun. (laughs) Since I came, I check out the town, and most importantly, last night just talking to your church members, you guys have an incredible uh, group of leadership. I just want to say you are blessed. And can we just give a round of applause applause to the worshiping team? That is awesome. Um, Wow. I I could worship with them all day if I could. Uh, And then what a name said in Christ, what a song, in Christ alone. I told my wife, if, if you don't play that in my funeral, I'll be upset with you. That just, it just surprised the whole thing. Um, we serve an awesome God. So I just want to kind of have a introductory um, subject. I'm not like Pastor Brian. I'm not a pastor. I have to admit that. It's a different gift. But as you think about my story, there's key thing I want you to take away. How God has delivered me from Sudan to this country is just a blessing. Each of us has a story. I don't care whether old, young, you have a story. It's a matter of time before you take my spot, and you can share on and on. I was sharing with some of your uh, people here who have served in World War II, and I could listen to them all day. Each of us has a story how God has delivered us. And I want us to think about the goodness of God, His mercy, and His love endures forever. But also, I want you to think of mission work that some of us are called. I'm gonna share what is my calling is right there, Southern Sudan Healthcare Organization, how it came about. But I want you to use that as what I, we call a case study, as an example. Because when I look here, you have Mali, France, and Bosnia, you may add South Sudan here. And then who knows, there's more. I just heard from pastors. 737 missionaries spreading the gospel news right now, which is the most important thing we, 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 we need. That's, it, it, that's impressive of itself. So you are part of this organization that align with my work. And so I want you to think, as these pieces I'm gonna, may seem like I'm all over the place, but these are the things that we can reflect on. And I want to start with my story. And before, I, actually you can go to the next slide. And before my story, I like to read this, or I don't know, I did something that may make you feel uncomfortable. I told you earlier I'm not Pastor Brian, so I might do things that are a little different. But I want us to read this scripture i'm not a good reader but i'm gonna try but if you don't mind please read it with me and you start say oh give thanks unto the lord for he is good for his mercy endures forever let the redeem of the lord say so whom he has redeemed from the hand of the enemy my friend you don't need to know more about my story all i could say Let the redeem of the Lord say so, to tell the story. The story I'm about to tell you is not for you to say, you know what, I feel bad, but the greatest story of all of us, you and I combined, is what? Jesus Christ. His love for us, His story trumped everything. The reason I put that passage first is just to say, oh, give thanks unto the Lord. It could be as simple as, thank you, today I woke up. And the reason I say this, and you can go to the next slide, is the just show of hand. Who have ever heard of the Lost Boys of South Sudan? Wow, you did good job, uh, Pastor. You passed. 80 percent of your church knows about my story. I could just select somebody to come and tell them now. But the reason I say this, I was left orphan at age six or seven. My parents. We're part of the 2.5 million that has been killed because of our faith. The journey that I had to took was incredible. We walk, when I say we, the boys, over 2,000 miles. Some went to Ethiopia, to Kenya, to Uganda. somewhere were internally displaced. But I want you to picture this. The journey was not that easy. You're being pursued by the enemy. You don't have water. You are going through the mountains. You are going through the, the, the semi-arid desert. You don't have food. You are young. The youngest was 5, the oldest was 12. We are a bunch of boys. We start out with twenty-seven to 30,000. By the time we reach Ethiopia, Kenya, even to the United States, it got reduced, lesser and lesser, to 12,000. And 3,000 made it to the United States. That was my story. And I felt that this world is so wicked that why should I even exist? Because remember, at age six or seven, you happen to bury your colleague, your friend. You see a lot of people dying. Many people being killed by the lion. Many people eaten by crocodiles. How in the whole world would you still trust God? And this is what I want to share with you, the question of God. If you're one of those question God, you're not alone. I've been there. My world was upside down when I learned that now I have to grow up by myself from one day in the bush to two days to one week to the next thing, two years in Ethiopia, back to South Sudan, the next thing is nine years in these refugee camps that nothing is being provided. The next thing is coming to United States. You leave your family or your country just like that. Imagine God prevent that we has here and something hit the Cedarburg the, the, the community and you have to walk over 2,000 miles. It's not that easy. You are scattered. You don't even know where your children are at. You don't even, there's no telephone. There's no communication. There's no shoes like this to be able to walk. So we went, let's just say, we went through hell. But I thank God when I came to Christ. There is a power in their name called Jesus. When I get to know him, it was a personal intimate because why? I didn't have mom. I didn't have dad. He really filled the vacuum. He filled the vacuum that he was my father. He was my mother. He provided all. Now as young folks, or some people may have a hard time understanding well, why is he, he is he your mom and your dad? Because he was the only one who was with me. Don't get me wrong, folks. Our biological fathers are important. But at some point, there are some disappointment, whether a natural death like mine or there's no relationship there. When I encourage young men to say, take God as your mother and your father, that's how we, we took it personally. And I remember when I was baptized, and I'm like, who is this Jesus guy? And when I was baptized, I had to accept Jesus is my savior. And once I accept, accepted, I used to fight a lot. I know you might not see I don't have a lot of muscle now. I was so angry. I, was, I used to fight a lot, but I have peace of mind. My wife said, really? I'm like, yeah, you, you, you don't know me when Jesus was not here. Okay? Yeah, I was, I was very angry. And you cannot blame me. We've been traumatized. I've been in war. That's all I know. I've been orphaned. You, when you're orphan, you are the bad child. You, the whole world, make fun of you. You have no life. Whether you're telling the truth or not, nobody will believe you. The reason I said when I accepted Jesus and I, you have to, actually, they told us, you have to accept. Once you become uh, Christian, you have to have a name in the Bible. You have to select a name. And you cannot be Jesus, sorry. It's, it's just, that cannot happen. So I selected Jacob. And I'm like, maybe I should, the more I read the scripture, I'm like, maybe I should say the John the Baptist or the Moses. But it's okay, I'm okay. I'm, I'm okay with Jacob. As I learned later, I remember this scripture when Jacob said, God, I will not let you go. I will wrestle with you until, what? until you bless me. And that's what he has done to me. I call it a blessing where I used to drink my urine to these refugee camps to come to a place called Michigan uh, with my foster mom. In the foster care system, you know it's broken. And thank God for the family he put in my life. I didn't question, you're not my mother, you're not this. They have tremendously helped me. Going to high school, those people who are in high school, I will be able to talk to you tomorrow at Cedarburg. Bullying is there. People make fun of me. They call me different names. They call me all this stuff. But thank God I stood my ground and said, no, you know what? These people don't know any better. They don't know how far I came. But then, my foster mom to have that love of Christ and the whole Christian family. Let me tell you this. The Christian evangelical who prayed for us, they didn't even know us, who lobbied the congressmen and said, enough, is enough. These boys have suffered enough, they have to come here." It was a special program. 3,889 uh, lost boys and lost girls. 89 were girls. Came to the, It was a special program. It's the largest resettlement in American history. I mean, how can I thank these people? It's now, actually, I was reading an article about the first person who wrote the letter. And he said, if you bring these people, to this country, they will be able to share their testimony. And as he predicted, here I am traveling across the state, sharing not only a testimony, my story, but the goodness of the Lord, how He has shared me faithfully. So you can see, when we came here, it was the hope of God. And you can put the next scripture, which is we can read now together. I think it's okay. So are we ready? This is a drill. So let's read together. Say, "The Lord is my shepherd." I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pasture. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He stores my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the battle of the of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff and thy comfort me. Wow, I just wanna say, you guys are good readers, okay? You passed the test, nothing again is the, the previous, uh, no judgment here, but you guys did good. But I want to, this is a famous psalm, and when I reflect on how God has delivered me, I just like to repeat that, I say, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I feel no evil, I've been through it. It is only him I know is famous, you know where he has brought you, it's you and him who knows how he deliver you. The, 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 it, it may not be the enemy from the northern the Islamic people chasing after you, but you know how far he has brought you. So I just want to say that God is good all the time. Amen? And we, the next, I don't, we may have a, is it good? The next thing is, I have technical difficulties. Oh, yeah, there it is, oh. Thank God for technology, folks. Thanks, Josh. <laughs> um, but then here I am. I was in this camp called Kakuma Refugee Camp. And guys, when you are stuck, your whole wall is against. I mean, your whole body is against the wall. You have no hope. You lost hope. This is one thing I love. God, He will rescue you out of nowhere before you even know it. In this camp, let me describe a little bit. I call it open prison. You're just waiting for your death. You're waiting for your grave. You are depending on the Kenyans. You are depending on generosity of American people, which is USAID, who support UNHCR. They would actually give us a full ration for 14 days. Honestly, finish in seven days, what do you do? We eat once, spend three more days without eating, our cousin, there was like four of us, get together, and we try to make it last. It didn't last that long. Um, I remember the only way to do this is to play soccer. I don't know if there are soccer players there. And the way I do it, it was so nasty. There was a, a clinic where they throw the five-hand globes on it, and I would go at night, sneak in, and then blow it, and then I have bandage, and I make a lot of balls and then play. That's how to play. There was no video game, kids, no, there was none of that. And that's how I played. And out of nowhere in 1998, they did the process, and 2000, they say, you come into the United States. I had no idea where is the United States. And that's where I went from South Sudan to, I mean, from Kenya to United States. We had no idea. I had no idea what to expect. They have three days, supposedly. We learned all the United States at one time. And it was America is this, we cannot fathom. You have to remember, since the time of Adam and Eve, I didn't know how to turn on and off the light. So the first entry was New York, almost electrocuted myself. The second one was stopping in Lansing and then go to Weberville. And I had no idea. My mom is, is short, less than five foot. And I was like, Mom, do short people drive? And she's like, yeah. They do. I had no idea what I was expecting. So I came to this place called Waperville, one blinking light, so tiny. And my foster mom, and I'm like, what are you thinking? And that's how I blend in to the society. It was rough, by the way. It was not that easy. English was a second language. There were certain signs that didn't make sense, especially you, there's a sign say dead end. And we're like, wow, you go there and you will never die. <laughs> wow. Trust me, if you would to tell me, my friend said, no, 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 the man went on the moon, I'm like, get out of here, come on, stop it. I know I'm from Africa and stop lying to me. I don't see the ladder, how the guy has moved to the sky, or I just cannot comprehend. And um, when <laughs> ice cream, the, first, the food, I get brain freeze, my foster mom would give us the, 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 the orange, no, no, the, the apple juice, and it looked like urine, and we're like, I was offended. I said, Mom, you're making fun of us because we drink our own urine. How dare you? And she's like, no. Uh, salad, we like, Mom, we ate enough grass in Africa. We no more. <laughs> so, it, it, guys, it, it was just rough. It was just unbelievable. Um, I love Peter Jenning, Tom Brocco, just learning English, and thank God uh, I graduated, and went to Spring Arbor University and it was just a God thing. It was an interesting thing now when I'm thinking about it. Here is me, the lost boy, who barely speak English 16 years ago. I'm a PhD candidate at the University of Florida. When I tell kids, I look, I don't have, I'm telling them when, amen. When I say God is with me, I told all the kids, I don't care how difficult you are in. You can do it. And actually, I let them pledge a simple cheesy said, I, and then they put their name and say, so-and-so, we'll go to college because Jacob did, I was not smart. It was just God guiding me through other people. And this is one way to thank the Lord. So next slide. So here we go again, ready? But he that knew not and did commit things worth of stripes shall be beaten with few stripes. For unto whomsoever much is given, of him shall be much required and to whom men have committed much, of him they will ask him more. I love that verse. Believe, believe it or not, I was blessed. From no, no drinking urine, to, from mud to three times a day, eating, to America, to a nice bed. I mean, everything was a bless. So I was like, who am I? This is where my call coming in. Who am I to be blessed, these people around me, United States government, everybody, to not give back to the, to, to, to the community? This verse actually invite, informed me, actually impacted me to start my own nonprofit organization. And you can go back to the next uh, slide. Um, this is when I was on the campus of Spring Arbor University. Southern Sudan healthcare organization, I'm reflecting on how God has been with me, and I'm like, Lord, I am so blessed. I'm not like blessed like Bill Gates. I have billions of dollars, but I am, I have changed from Nothing to a little bit something that I'm eating uh, four or five times a day. So these are the simple things that reflect in me. So Southern Sudan Healthcare Organization kind of telling you, I started with $25. I had no idea how to start a nonprofit. And if you knew me, yes, I like to talk. I would ask every single person, how do you do this? I'm not a shame. I always tell people that. And when I created it, my friends came behind me. We built in 2012 a 6 bedroom in my village. Because I have seen this, the problem when we were walking, a lot of boys are dying from simple diseases like diarrhea disease, outbreak, cholera, and all this. And then it was equipped. We actually took a medical, a modern medical um, uh, container from here all the way to South Sudan with a lot of connection. And now it's running. In 2013, I went back with mission people, and unfortunately, a civil war broke out. And I almost lost my life to the point that the US military came and rescued us. The plane came under fire. Two to three Americans were injured before we got on the plane. But again, when you think of the mission of your association, alliances, it's not easy, folks. Pray for those 737 countries. It's, it's not easy. Anything could happen in these devolving countries. Only God, who is in charge, could protect them. That's what happened to me. To the point that, thank God for, this is the first time I appreciate technology. I was spitting things on Facebook to the point that it reached White House, to the point that everybody was saying, get Jacob out. And I'm grateful for this country. They came and rescued us later. And this is the thing that we live in the greatest country that some people will never realize how important is America. Yes, we have differences, yes, it was a toxic politic, yes. But compared to where I came from, look. You are in a better place, okay? It's only either four or eight more years compared to rest of African who are rest president for life. I just read a president of Zambia. A wife was saying, "Even if Robin Mugabe, which has been there 50 years, die, people should vote for his corpse. I mean, this is how sick it is. So to put that into perspective, you think you had it bad. Look, it's bad in somewhere, somewhere place. So. I didn't want to get to that, but back, back to what God has called me. I want you to think of my ministry as you see, Mali, France, and Bosnia, and another example, Southern Sudan, and I don't know where the Lord will lead you. We have so many ground to cover, and this is one thing I appreciate about your organization, it's about helping these mission work, because I understand. I am a missionary work. A missionary too. I need prayers. I need financial support. You name it all. This is what I call being body of Christ. One accord. If I'm in South Sudan or somewhere, pray for my protection. So next, Um, I want to kind of. These are the numbers in my clinic, and half of the patients coming are under five. Sixty percent of the children are actually suffering or have diarrhea diseases. About a 1,000 patients we see a month, uh, about 10 births take place uh, a month and then 80% of the people are suffering from uh, malaria. But I want to emphasize the maternal mortality rate in my country, it is worse in the whole world. It is 1,000, no, 2,054 per 100,000. What does that mean is one in every 50 women die from childbirth. That is unacceptable. Women are the backbone of our, any society. If we can't k- take care of our children and women, there's no other country. So I want to emphasize, these are the numbers from my clinic next. You can click next. OK. So it costs roughly 8,250 a month, so it's estimated 100,000. and it's breaking down to salaries. It's 4,750, food, 1,250. Medicine 1,000 a month. Cleaning supplies, 500; 250 office supplies, and 500 for fuel. So, the whole thing I want to emphasize is this: in developing countries, the healthcare system, the healthcare, it doesn't cost much. Let me put it another way. Right now, we calculate it costs five dollars to treat a, a a patient or a person per month. And I was speaking in this high school, a kid came to me, hearing my story, and said, "Jacob." Here's my $15. I could have eat lunch and get that. So what I'm trying to say, it's not as expensive as here uh, because I don't want to get into our health care system, whether it's Obamacare or Trump Care and who else care. It is, it, it, it is a little expensive, let's put it that. And, and here's another thing we take for granted. Despite of this debate about health care and how expensive it is, whether I have Medicaid, Medicare, or not, guess what? I'm going to check myself into that emergency room. And somebody is going to pay for it. We are not talking about here nowhere to check in. These are the really critical thing to be thankful that every block we have a clinic. So some of you who serve there, and I know you, I just read you. you're supporting one of the hospital, that they probably tell you how, 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 how difficult it is to do that. Next. so. A couple prayers. Pray for South Sudan. Last week, it was declared to have famine. Famine, now war, diseases. It is hard. So please pray for the peace to return. Uh, I just read the MSF, Doctor Without Borders, just pull out in my area. All the thing are pulling out. So it's me who is left. Like I just talked to them a couple of days ago. There's no salary for these doctors. So the option we have is these doctors to go and now you have triple burden of disease, famine on top of it, and diseases, it's really a disaster. So pray for this country, and then pray for more of a sustainability partnership. It could be individual or any, anybody that could, uh, could come here. And then finance, as I just showed you, to help this clinic. Medical workforce, this is very critical. There's not a lot of qualified doctors. They have something called community health workers. These are the first line of defense, and then clinical officers. There's only one doctor per 100,000. So that's the, the, the ratio is so high. So there's only 85 doctors in the entire country, which is they don't live there anymore. So these are the challenges. So if you're a small NGO like me, I can't compete with the people in the urban setting. I don't have a lot of money to give them that. So pray for that, please. Uh, next. So are you ready? Here we read again. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. I love this quote. Sometimes we Christians, we just say, but seek ye first the kingdom of God, and then we stop there. They, they forgot the good part is, and what? And his righteousness. And it didn't say some of the thing is all of the thing. Despite of my challenges, I just told you. I may have doubt and this come to faith that God, how am I going to provide this? But we talk, the scripture talks about if he can feed the bird, why should I worry if he can close me? <laughs> Lost boy, 15 years ago, I barely have clothes Now I do. This is called by faith. Okay, faith come by hearing. Hearing come by the word of God. We have to have faith, whether it's my ministry, whether it's this 737, we have to have faith that God, your kingdom will be done to support these people. And once we lose hope, it's hard. And this is why we have to seek it. And then if we put everything in order, whether my family, God has to be first. Whether it's my organization, God has to be first. Whatever we do, this is very, to me, this scripture speaks so valuable of us. Because think about it. If I'm so stressed about SSHCO, about my organization, my family, I became worry about things of the world why doubt your father in heaven who has provided so many things and this is why i said when it's important is we have to put god in our life uh next so this is another way to look at it i'm going to go briefly through this so let's say to sustain this it could be individual i told you a person with five dollars could could help go a long way uh by the way one dollar right now is equal 130 130 Sudanese pound. So that's a lot. So you time 130 times five, it's a lot in their money. So let's say we have 50 people, for example, $20 a month, that's like 12000 That's like buying the whole medication for, for a year. And then you just increase the numbers. This is one way, it's another model that we are, we are looking for, uh, partners like that. Um, next, please. Okay, there are sort of several ways to give. You could go on our website. There are brochures there. I have some uh, cards, and you could write the check to there. So, and my story is there. I could. I know I, I'm gonna conclude this, but I would be definitely on the back. I like to talk, and I mean that. I, I mean I could have question after this if you have question, but you can find everything on the back of my brochure or my website. Next, uh, if you are tax savvy. <laughs> You can find us at our website, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn. So nowadays, this device is incredible what they can hold. I'm learning. I'm still learning. But those are the ways you can join us. Next. Okay. Please, this is my final, final thing. If you haven't learned anything, this verse here, I'm not a pastor to really. It's amazing that this is what your church believes in. So we can read it. So let's read it together. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witness in Jerusalem, in all Judea, in Samaria, and to the end of the earth. You know, have you ever had a teacher say that this is like it's going to be in the test? This scripture summarizes whether it's my ministry, whether we have, as Christians, has to move in one accord. Jerusalem could be here. It was incredible looking out at this community. I'm not saying there has to be a need in Africa to have. That could be your calling. I, I, I was at the, stu- your student uh, union is coming soon. I saw it there. That could be volunteer. It could be Jerusalem. Your Judea might be like, you know what? There is some need other places in the United States. I remember during Katrina, you know, you go and help there. There could be another, uh, inner city, Milwaukee. I don't know. You, you may be called there, and the end of the earth. I, I'm not that biased to say no. All of you have to follow me. Have to go to Bosnia or France. And each of us has a calling. So, what is your Jerusalem to you? Some may be called to Jerusalem, to Judea. Some may have to be crazy like me to keep going back, even though there's a possibility you're going to lose your life. Okay, this all these add on to. Glorify God. So if you haven't taken anything out, we as the body of church, as Christian, we have a role to play. You, Whether you're a child, or elderly, this verse is what I would encourage you It summarize what I'm talking about. And with that being said, from the bottom of my heart, may God bless you, and I'm so excited. And pastor, and your ministry, thank you all for listening to my story. God is good, and may God bless you. So thank you.
0: One of the things that I appreciate so much about Jacob is his understanding of of, uh, what our church is a part of, particularly on the international scene. And uh, his message really was simple, that, that he would love to see people get engaged in international work, whether that's supporting Alliance Missionaries or the Southern Sudan Healthcare Organization or some other uh, organization out there that's working to minister the gospel or relief to those who desperately need it. Um, Jacob is going to be speaking at the Cultural Center this afternoon in Cedarburg at 4 o'clock. And you all are invited to show up and, uh, and uh, listen to him. He's also been invited by Cedarburg High School to speak tomorrow at uh, a school assembly. Uh, so you can be praying for him as he does that. It's an incredible opportunity uh, for him to get into uh, one of our local schools and share his story. Before we close in song, let's uh, let's pray. God, thank you for um, the story that you have written in our writing in Jacob's life. Um, on the one hand of rescuing him physically out of a very dark and uh, tumultuous environment to bring him to this place. Uh, but I know, Lord, it's, it's his desire to make uh, even more of what you've done in his life spiritually in bringing him to your son, Jesus. And I pray that you would use... Um, Uh, the platform that he has, the opportunities that he has to to make much of your goodness and your grace in his life and being a conduit through which others experience the same. And so we thank you for him, pray that you would bless him as uh, you lead him on. We ask it in Christ's name, amen.